So, obviously, a good week to be talking about Jesus. We have Greg Laurie with us here, the senior pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship. Uh, he's offered, authored a lot of books, but one of them is called Jesus Revolution, How God Transformed an Unlikely Generation, which is basically the story of his coming to Christ and the movement uh, that came with him. Uh, it has now been made into a hit film uh, that I watched last night. Uh, here is just a clip of the trailer. Hey, Square. I am not a square. I think we should invite Greg this weekend. What's this weekend? The mountain is high. How are you doing, Southern These people are hippies, rebels against old-fashioned authority. I think these kids need help. They need is a bath. You're passing judgment on people you know nothing about. Maybe that's why your church is so empty. When God walks in here, brings me a hippie. I'll ask him what it's all about, because I do not understand. His house has a very good vibe. <laughs> That's Jonathan Rumi, uh, who plays obviously Jesus uh, on uh, what, what's that uh, that show? They uh, the iPod show, um, The Covenant. Uh, Greg, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I I watched the film last night. Uh, I am I have been very loud about talking about how much I dislike Christian films, but I found it I found it enormously moving, uh, especially especially the Jesus scenes, the scenes of Christianity in action, which is always moving to me, but it was really well done. Uh, how'd you like it? I was very happy with it. You know, I'm pretty apprehensive when someone says they want to make a film about your life. Uh, but John Irwin, the director, approached me and he had a copy of a Time magazine. You may remember this kind of a psychedelic image of Jesus uh, with the words Jesus Revolution. And oh, three years earlier, Time Magazine had another cover. It was black cover, reversed out red letters, asking the question, is God dead? So you wonder what happened between is God dead and Jesus' revolution? And what happened was a spiritual awakening. So this excellent film director, John Irwin, said, I want to make a movie about this movement. And someone told me you were there, and I was. That's when I came to faith in 1970. But then I was sort of surprised when he made it about the story of my wife and my life together, sort of a love story. And then also the story of a pastor, Chuck Smith, and this hippie evangelist named Lonnie Frisbee, how it all came together. It was sort of like uh, peanut butter met jelly, nitro met glycerin, <laughs> Lennon met McCartney. Those two guys just had an explosion uh, together and this movement happened and I walked right in the middle of it as a kid using drugs, lost, not knowing where I was going in life, and my life was transformed. So I'm, I really liked the movie, I have to say, and I'm not a fan of Christian films in general, but I, I feel the, the success of this movie is due to the fact that Christians are not the only ones showing up. People who are not Christians are coming and connecting to the story of this film as well because it's a story of love, it's a story of hope, it's a story of how uh, conflict can be resolved. It's a story of how Christians make mistakes even after they believe that none of us are perfect. And it's a story of the last great awakening. And the director and I had this hope that maybe this would inspire this generation to pray for their own Jesus revolution. You know, that was one of the things that actually did uh, touch me about the film, that it made me a little heart sore. Um, the movie 
just so people understand that uh, this is about the the hippie movement, yeah. which we all know what that is. But a, a segment of the hippie movement basically found that they had been one of the lines in the film is they're looking for all the right things, but they were looking in all the wrong places, right. and they found that uh, Jesus actually was a better answer than some of the things they were trying. Right. And so that became a, a movement. Now it seems almost um, unthinkable that such a thing could happen. Do you do you have any feeling like that, or do you disagree? No, I I, th- I think it could happen. I pray it will. In fact, I'll take it a step further and say I think it has to happen because I don't know what else could change culture. Let me just take myself as an example. I, I was a 17-year-old kid. My mom had been married and divorced seven times. She was an alcoholic. I started using drugs. I was smoking weed every day, taking LSD. My life was going fast in the wrong direction. And I heard about Jesus Christ in a way that I understood as a kid. Uh, when this hippie evangelist came on our campus, played by Jonathan Rumi in the Jesus Revolution film, and, and it rocked my world. And so... I changed, our whole generation changed, my values changed. In fact, I really started to develop a worldview after that from reading the Bible and and learning about so much more. I became a patriot, I became someone who loved America, which I, like many other kids, would have just parroted the, the speech we would be using in the day, you know, cops were pigs and the government was bad. I began to change, and the government can be bad, obviously, many times, but my whole life changed, and then my mind changed, my views changed because of Jesus. And so I think this is the the way we reach people, is, you know, we can get on our political sides and debate all day, but people need a change of heart. And so our hope is that we can build bridges. This movie is a great way to do it, to people who would never enter into a conversation and ask him questions like, what is the meaning of your life? Uh, what's going to happen to you after you die? Why do you exist? That's more the space I'm in, Andrew, trying to address and calling people to a relationship with Christ, no matter what their background is, no matter what their political persuasion is, because I think the gospel can change anyone. It changed you. I mean, I've heard your amazing story the most unexpected conversion with your background, your upbringing, your childhood, uh, really the deck stacked against you ever becoming a Christian, but God got a hold of you and and God can do that for anyone anywhere. And it's it's a rolling blessing. I mean, it just continues and gets deeper and deeper. An amazing, amazing experience. Uh, un- totally unexpected by me as I think it was by you. I, I want to raise... My, my biggest criticism of the film, I want to raise it in the context of my really enjoying the film, of finding it very moving, uh, of finding it overcoming a lot of the Christian, you know, things that, uh, the things that make Christian films sink. Uh, Jonathan Rumi is, is really good in it. He's, he's just funny. Uh, he catches the humor of it, but also the torment of this, this guy, Alani Frisbee, who is this hippie who comes, you know, and, and starts and helps start this movement. And it shows you how he, starts to go off the rails, and I don't want to, you know, spoil too much of it. But it doesn't talk about the most controversial thing about it, and you know, uh, in, in terms of the truth, which is that the Jesus Revolution, the Jesus Freak Movement, as I used to call it, uh, was, a, was a socially conservative movement. It was actually, you know, about 
included ideas about sexuality uh, that were very traditional. And yet Rumi was secretly gay. I mean, he died of AIDS ultimately. And that's never touched on in the movie. And the only reason that disturbed me is because it's such a central point right now of, of Christian conflict. I mean, there are many churches with gay pride flags outside and many other churches that think this is a complete uh, disaster. And of course, a tremendous amount of pressure uh, from the, uh, you know, uh, culture to conform to this. I guess what I want to ask you is, is wh- where do you stand on this question, A, and, and B, what, what did you feel about that being left out of the story? Well, first of all, it, it wasn't left out of the story because it wasn't in the story. Here's the reality of Lonnie Frisbee. And there's some information out there that's incorrect. And okay. uh, you can read his own books to get his own account. Lonnie Frisbee himself uh, said in a book that he knew homosexuality was a sin. He never was an advocate for it. He never identified as a gay man. He was molested when he was a little boy. He did experiment sexually uh, before his conversion. But after he came to Christ, he was married. And there was no incidence of this kind of activity during the entire time that this movie was made, the Jesus Movement period. Therefore, we didn't feel a need to address it. Now, later, by his own admission, Lonnie Frisbee, played by Jonathan Rumi, uh, fell away. He was upset because of the way his life had gone. He got into drugs. He got into promiscuity. And he got AIDS. And he knew AIDS was the result of his bad decisions. And I actually Mm -hmm. went and visited him uh, in hospice care when he was literally on his deathbed. And he knew what he had done was wrong. He asked God to forgive him. And, uh, but he knew he was paying a price for that. And of course, myself, you know, I believe what the Bible teaches. And the Bible teaches that homosexuality is sin. Bible teaches a lot of other things are sinful as well extramarital sex, premarital sex, and the list goes on. But uh, 100%, you know, we hold to what Scripture teaches. So, you know, but we did try to show in the film, Andrew, the struggles that Lonnie faced. Um, uh, For instance, uh, in an early conversation he has with Chuck Smith, played by Kelsey Grammer, he says of his old life, we did everything and we did everyone. And then later in the film, there's a scene where Lonnie is praying in front of a fire, he's in anguish, and he says, God help me. So we wanted to show the struggle that was there, but look, here's the reality. God uses flawed people, and he uses broken people, and Lonnie was a flawed, broken person. Uh, and But yet he, along with Chuck Smith, were used by God to you know, touch the world. And, and he looked at the Bible and there's so many instances of broken people being used by God, people that had moral failures, but then returned to the Lord as well. Samson, David, Simon Peter openly denying the Lord, the list goes on. So uh, that's why we dealt with it the way we dealt with it in the film. It's a great question. And I've written an article about it called The Long Strange Trip of Lonnie Frisbee, where I very honestly deal with the issues but also give the timeline, again, emphasizing during this time this film was made or the story was happening, and that's what the film is about, about a two-year period. There was none of this going on. He was not uh, a secretly uh, gay no, man. No, that's a, that's a that's fair answer. Uh, when you look back on this, you know, it's part of your history, not just part of American history. When you look back on it, obviously each person who is saved is an eternal, an infinite victory. 
But as a movement, as a movement in American history, do you think it has a lasting effect or do you think these are things that come and they go and fade away? I think it's had a lasting effect. Uh, some historians, there's been four great awakenings in American history. The first was before we were a nation led by an evangelist from the United Kingdom uh, who preached the gospel uh, all around our country. And, and then the, the most recent before the Jesus movement was the prayer movement in New York City uh, that happened right before the stock market crashed and so forth. Uh, they preacher was named George Whitfield from the first movement. And the most recent was the Jesus movement. Many historians believe not only was it the last great spiritual awakening, they believe it was the greatest spiritual awakening. You know, there were things that were born in this time, what we call contemporary Christian worship and music was born at that time. But, but there were great things that were happening where all of a sudden the church was permeating culture. Prior to that, it was like the church was so disconnected from culture. But I think in many ways we've caught up and now we're making a difference. The church is flawed. It's filled with flawed people. It always will be. But, but the only organization Jesus ever started when he walked this earth was the church. And he said, the gates of hell not, will not prevail against her. And so our objective as Christians is, is not to isolate from culture. It's to permeate culture. It's to influence culture. And, and so I do believe the effects of the Jesus movement are still resonating in the church today. And, and I've even seen some promising signs here and there that we might see another spiritual awakening, most notably what happened recently in Asbury on the college campus there. That to me is like, wow, could this be a sign of something to come? You know, when I walk outside with my wife, I'll say it's raining, she'll say, it's not raining, she has very thick hair. I said, no, it's raining. Because bald men always know when it's raining first, Andrew. And, uh, <laughs> you know, so. It's the right? great gift we have. It's like, <laughs> so, it's like prophecy, you know? Yes, we just sense these things. But um, <laughs> in the same way to me, like what happened in Asbury and other places, could that be a drop of rain here, a drop of rain there? Hope of a spiritual awakening, because after this horrible tragedy, in Nashville, and this act of pure wickedness and, and the murder of these innocent people and children, uh, our hearts are just broken. God needs to change human hearts. And, and you know, we were very, <laughs> things were very uh, divided back in the late 60s and early 70s. And, and even people on, on the left, what we would call today, but on that side, they were rioting. They were setting bombs off. They were, you know, they were getting more militant. And many people just thought, there's no way we can bridge this divide. And God sent a spiritual awakening. It wasn't a moral awakening. It wasn't a political awakening. It was a spiritual awakening. And I think that needs to happen again. That's uh, great. Well, I really enjoyed the film, Greg, and I thank you so much for coming on. It's very nice to meet you. I hope uh, I get to meet you in person. Yes, Andrew, nice to meet you, and I'll be watching you, so thanks for having me on your show. Thank you.